0: John chapter 16. How many like the gospel accounts? Yes. How many like the red letters? Amen. Amen. I, like, I like all of them, all the red letters. For those that don't have it, the red letters are Jesus' words. And so look at um, John 16 and verse 29. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that you know all things, and need not that any man should ask you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yet. Yes, is now come that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. How many know that's true? In the world where we live, why? Because of where we live, because of the curse. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer I have overcome the world. Lord, we thank you tonight for revelation according to your word. Thank you, Lord, for touching every heart tonight and and changing every person, Lord. Lord, that we would be more like you in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Notice he says here, These things have I spoken that in me, not that you would be afraid, not that you would worry, not that you would fret, but you should have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I love how the Bible, you know, uh, Paul said that too. He said, the angel told him, be of good cheer. It's not usually a word that I use that much. Be of good cheer. Be happy. He says, why? Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I believe that as believers, there's something that should be in us that separates us from the world. So what do we mean when we say the world? We mean like the ungodly, the the people who've never been born again, the wicked. Something that should operate in us on a daily basis. And this, what we're going to talk about is so powerful, it's actually a fruit that should grow in our life a fruit of the Spirit, and it's what Jesus is talking about. So I want to share along the lines of living in the peace of God, living in the peace of God. Our lives should be governed by peace. I I think, I don't just think it, I know that every believer, there should be a calmness, there should be a tranquility, there should be a strength. There is a strength in peace. How do I know that? Because what is the opposite of peace? Agitation, anger. chaos, anger, all those things. And what happens? You're just, you're just on the inside. You're just, something's gnawing on the inside. There's no peace. There's no strength. And what happens is it wears you out. How many know walking in the flesh wears you out? Sin wears you out. Because it just, it's of the flesh and it just, it it destroys any kind of spiritual um, momentum that you have. And so there's a strength though in the peace of God. Colossians 3 verse 15 says this And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. So, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Um, Other translations say this, let peace be the umpire. Just like we've said before, if you're watching baseball, what does the ump do? He calls balls and strikes. He he makes the decision on what's going to be a ball, what's going to be a strike. And so what's going to decide what's going to happen in our life? Do I do this? Do I do that? You let peace be the umpire. You let peace say, no, that's not right. Oh, this is right. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. But notice, notice that, I guess that's a verb there. Look at that verb, let. What's the understood? You let. And so you, you let the peace of God. We're to let peace rule. That means I have something to do with it. And so, but what I, what happens a lot of times? People say, "But you don't know what I'm facing." You know, if if you lived in my house, then then you wouldn't be you know so happy. <laughs> if you if you um, you know, people say if you had my spouse, people say if you had my job, if you had this, if you had to deal with what I was facing. Walk in my shoes. If you walked in my shoes, yes. And so. A lot of times what people equate peace with is the absence of any turmoil, any kind of problems, but that's not the kind of peace that jesus you know i've seen that with people they they, they go you know from from trial to trial, and what happens is that they, they never get to that place of where they enjoy the presence of God, where they enjoy peace because they're, they're trying to get to this place of utopia where there's no problems, and you know, I'm just gonna. I don't know what people are looking for. Maybe like where they have nothing to. There's no problems, there's no struggles. Now, there's, we shouldn't struggle as a believer, but how many know we're still living on the earth? We're not in heaven yet. How many know we're not in heaven yet? <laughs> so, we're not in the millennial reign of Christ. I don't know how some people can do that, and they can say, well, we when we went um soul in a couple of weeks ago and we talked to this one lady and she said that that we're um in the how'd she say that? We're in the um, basically she was saying we're in the millennium. And um anyway, I didn't like we always say, just stay with the script and don't um, get into foolishness and correct people's doctrine. Because people will talk about every kind of thing imaginable. <laughs> Amen. And so we're not in the millennial reign, and we're not in heaven. But peace, from the dictionary, means this: freedom from disturbance, freedom from disturbance, quiet and tranquility. What do most people say? Just give me some peace. I want my peace. What does that mean? Let's turn off all the noise. Let's just be quiet for a little bit. It it also means a state or period. In which there is no war, or a war has ended. What do we we usually call that? A time of peace. It's a state. It's gonna happen again. Yeah, and so it's like a it's something that um, that could yeah, it's a time. Okay. But when I was looking at um, Vine's um, dictionary New Testament words, when we look at peace, it deals with. Harmonious relationships. Having harmony. Um, One of the definitions was harmonized relationships between God and man accomplished through the gospel. And that's really the only peace we can have. I think it was um, one of the pastors back in um, Africa many years ago, South Africa, he said, if you can change the color of someone's heart, then you can change, you know, what's going on, on the outside. Because people try to people try to, you know, change things on the outside and social reform, which can never change people. Right. They need the gospel. Yeah. And so peace is not the absence of problems. <coughs> Say that peace, peace. is not the, it's not the absence of problems. Because if it is then we'll never get to a place where we can have peace because we're always going to have things that we are facing and uh, it could be on the job. It could be at home. It could be anywhere. And so peace is something that's supposed to, Jesus says, my peace, I'll give you. My peace. I like that. You know, I forgot to, to write that down, but Jesus had said that. Over in um, John fourteen twenty seven, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. You know the world doesn't have true peace. Yeah. Not as the world gives. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So the peace that He gives, it's not just. It's not the way the world gives. And then he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. So we have to learn that we can have peace through any trial. What we really have to do is learn how to draw upon his peace. Because if it is dependent upon circumstances, then there's always going to be circumstances the devil's going to put in front of us that we can't be in peace. And there's always going to be a reason why I can't be in peace because I'm dealing with this. And so you just have to learn to to walk in peace no matter what. But talking about the the peace of God, living in the peace, number one, God is the God of peace. God is the God of peace. Listen um, to Romans chapter 15. Romans 15 verse 33 says this, Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen, or so be it. Romans 16, verse 20. And the God of peace. I like that, the God of peace. You know, the Bible talks about He's the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the God of glory. But He's also the God of peace. Shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. I like that. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, Amen. Look at First um, Thessalonians. This would be a good one to, if you want to turn to it. First Thessalonians five. Verse twenty three, very familiar passage of Scripture. We actually teach along this line a lot of times when we talk about that man is a spirit being, he has a soul, he lives in a body, the threefold nature of man. And so verse 23 says this, page 282, and "And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So... He says, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. The very God of peace would set you apart all the way through. Amen. I believe that peace, it does. It, it, it has a, a, an effect, like a sanctifying effect upon us. So, uh, Philippians chapter 4. Listen to Philippians 4. Verse 9. He says, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do it. And the God of peace shall be with you. It's amazing. He's talking about the peace of God. And then he says, you do these things and the God of peace will be with you. So God is the God of peace. Hebrews 13, 20 says this, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So who raised up the Lord Jesus? The God of peace. The God of peace. And he's my God. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 14.33 says this. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. As in all churches of the saints. Uh, when you actually read that, there's a couple of the words that are in italics. When you read, like in the King James Version, you read there had something in italics. That means it wasn't in the original. Translators added it thinking it would help you to understand it. And so it actually says, now that God of peace, uh, I'm sorry, God is not in confusion, where it says the author of, God is not in confusion. Anytime there's confusion, that's not God. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm further away from where I, when I first started. Well, that's not God. <laughs> that's the enemy bringing confusion. But he's not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Look over in Galatians chapter 5. So we said that, number one, God is the God of peace. Number two, peace is a fruit of the born-again spirit. Peace is a fruit. Look over in Galatians chapter 5. In verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. <clears throat> this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lust just means strong desire. You know, something that I think a lot of people, it really helped me Understand this because how do we walk in the spirit? How do we, you know, how do we not, let me say it like this how do we not fulfill the dictates and the lust and desires of the flesh? Is it by willpower? Is it by saying, I will never do? Is it by, you know, just like, you know, you just like struggling? Because a lot of people, you know, they think in their mind, and I, I know, I, you know, I, I know from whence I speak. You know, if you've been a believer at all, you know, people, um, you know, it, it can be a habit, it can be a, a mindset, but people say, well, you know, I'm not going to think that. But there's something about the mind; it doesn't think of the word "not." You know, you can say, "I'm not going to have the cheesecake." I'm not going to have the cheesecake. I'm not going to have the cheesecake. I'm not what is your body here? Cheesecake. Cheesecake. Oh, I would sure like some right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, so your mind doesn't, you, you have to make it positive. And so he doesn't say, don't walk in the flesh and you will be walking in the spirit. Right. Yeah. So people think, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to walk in the flesh, so then I'll be walking in the spirit. Mm-hmm. He says, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the flesh. That why? Because you're going to override it and you won't have time. Right. Right. So what do you need to do? Just fill yourself up with walking in the Spirit. Yes. Now, you know, walking in the Spirit is not some goofy realm. Right. Yep. You know, walking in the Spirit is walking in the fruit of the Spirit. One of the things it is. And so notice he says, the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. Now, if in the King James, you'll see that the word Spirit is capitalized. And uh, actually, t- what, what it refers to is the Holy Spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, we're not adding to or taking from the Bible, but it's just a matter of translation that uh, where it says spirit, there's only one word, pneuma, uh, for the word spirit, but it means all kinds of things. Um, it means um, breath, uh, the word mildew, uh, it, the word... Um, well, there's eight or nine different words, and um, but anyway, you just have to look at the context. But here, it's uh, referring to the human spirit, and so the human spirit, the flesh lusts against the spirit. Talking about the human spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. <clears throat> but if you be led of the spirit. You are not under the law. And now, then he goes on to talk about the works of the flesh. uh, Verse uh, 19 through 21. But Well, look at 21. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit... So what's he talking about? He's not talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the fruit of your spirit that's born again. That's the life abiding in the vine, John 15. And he says, the fruit of the spirit, what's the fruit of you being born again? Once you come in contact. I don't know about you, but I started having some fruit that I never had before. (laughs) And one of the first ones, like it says here, is love. I actually started loving people. One of the biggest things that changed in my life is the second and third one, joy and peace. Because I was not a nice person. I was not nice to be around. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, or some say faithfulness, meekness, which is humility and temperance, self-control. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections of lust. So you do have to crucify the flesh, but spend your time walking in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And so peace is a fruit of the born-again Spirit. And here's the thing people have to realize. People will often claim real quickly that I don't have any peace. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I just don't have any patience. Well, don't be so quick to confess that. Well, you know, I just don't have, I just don't. But the, the Bible says you do. And I believe the Bible. You know, and here's the thing. When you really need to say it is when you just missed it. Yeah. When you really need to say it is when you just blew it and you, and you say, you know what? I have the mind of Christ. When people miss it, say, hey, you know, I have self-control. I control myself. And the, the devil says, well, you just blew it. You just missed it. I have self-control in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just so long as you repent and confess it to the Lord, then you have a clean slate and you stand up and you, you say, I'm washed, I'm cleansed. Thank you, Lord. So if you're born again, you have peace. But what do you have to do? You have to let it rain in your life don 't let your heart be afraid I mean think about Jesus when he stood there in the what did Jesus think in I believe mark chapter five he says let 's go to the other side what's he say did he did he expect them to 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 trust him and go to the other side so so of course we know this storm um, happens, and as this storm occurs jesus um They say, don't you even care, don't you even care that we perish? Mm -hmm. And the Bible says that he got got up, yeah, it's actually the end of Mark chapter 4, leading into 5. And so um, he got up, he rebuked the storm, and notice what Jesus says. Well, first of all, he says, peace be still, and the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So Jesus expected them to, to deal with it. He said, we're going the other side. So, you know, even if even if fear was upon their, you know, maybe their, the hair on the back of their neck was standing up they still could have stood up and rebuked it Mm -hmm. and say, I don't care how I feel. Because that's what happens, you know, the enemy. And like I said, I know from whence I speak. And if you've walked with the Lord, you know this is true any period of time. You can have feelings of something. You can have feelings of fear and not be afraid. I like what Brother Hagin used to always say. He said, you can have doubt in your, you can have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. What does that mean? That means you can be believing God and doubt and things will come at you, but that doesn't mean that you're in it. It's just that it's like a missile. It's like a a fiery dart, like Ephesians 6 says. And so you just have to learn to cast it down, cast it down and just say, no, I I believe God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, number three, we are to be at peace and live in peace. So, we're talking about letting the peace of God reign. God is the God of peace. Peace is the fruit of the born again spirit. And then, number three, we are to be at peace and live in peace. Look, at over, look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians I tell you what, if, you, if you'll get this in your heart, let it be firmly established, you'll be a different person. Letting the peace of God. Hallelujah. Which we said is the opposite of worry. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort. Be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. You know, the Bible says, blessed be the peacemakers. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says this. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. I've always liked that verse and always... Been fascinated with that verse. It says, if it be possible. What's he saying? There might be some people out there, it's tough. But if it be possible, as much as lies within you. I mean, as much as you can muster up, live peaceably with all men. I mean, that means that sometimes you might have to love people from a distance. Amen. <laughs> And then back over in uh, First Thessalonians, it's really amazing when you when you when you study some of these things and how <coughs> the Lord put a phrase on the inside, and you think, well, there might be a scripture or two, and it's just full. Even when the, the Bible talks about the God of Peace, First Thessalonians um, five in verse twelve. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. You know, even um, one of the things that, it might sound like a strange thing sometimes to some people, but... As pastors, we have our our own pastor too, because we're not just, we're not lone rangers and we're not renegades and loose cannons. And so um, one of the things, it's important to have someone to speak into your life and to be accountable. But notice here in verse 13, and to esteem them very highly loved for their work's sake. You esteem people of God, people that are above you for their work's sake. And he says, "And be at peace among yourselves, so is there anything that we are responsible for? Are we responsible to walk in peace? Are we responsible to do i mean that's one thing that that I want to make great strides for sometimes i've I've apologized for things that maybe wasn't a hundred percent me, or maybe there was a little bit, but you know you just you make peace you You say, hey, it's more important that I walk in peace and have a clear conscience right now and a clean conscience. And sometimes, you know, especially if people aren't walking the Lord, they might think think you're weak or they might think whatever. Let them think it. At least my faith's going to be working. (laughs) So we're to be people of peace. Jesus spoke to the storm, said, peace be still. We're also to be at peace with others. Like the Bible said, let the peace of God rule in our hearts. So how do we get this peace? The most important thing. How do we get this peace? Look over in Philippians chapter uh, 4. Philippians chapter 4. And we'll spend the, the rest of our time right here. Until 1030. And... um So how do we get peace? <clears throat> do we just believe for it? Do we, do, do we go in a, in a prayer line and let people lay hands on us so we can have peace? Come here, just let me lay hands on you and let me give you some peace. I'm not mocking the laying on of hands, but the laying on of hands is not for everything. Yeah. And sometimes in Pentecostal charismatic circles, people have laid hands on people for everything imaginable. No, it's serious. And, um, you know, people stand in proxy for everything. And um, But look in Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> Let's look in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. The, be careful for nothing, but in everything By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So the uh, Amplified says this, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So is that our responsibility? It actually says, I'm sorry, it says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. So is that just something that we should just say, Lord, that's too hard? One thing that, that I've always believed about God is the Lord is good and that he would never ask me something to, to do something that I couldn't do. If he told me to cast my cares on the Lord, then I can do it. If he said, don't worry, then I can do it. And so people are defeated from the beginning because they believe that they can't even do it. And so look at here, it says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. See, here's the problem. is people are trying to get answers from prayer, but they're not practicing the first part. They're still worrying about it, and they're still trying to figure it out. It's like this. People come to prayer and they have a big bag. How many know what a croaker sack is? Croaker sack. Okay, let me educate you a little. It's a brown bag. And you put peanuts and all that. It's in the South. But it's it's just a. Almost. It's, like, I guess. But yeah, you call them a croaker sack. But. Anyway, not Kroger like the grocery store, but Kroger. But anyway, it's um, yeah, it's like burlap, yeah. And um, <coughs> at least I asked because then people will be wondering for the next ten minutes what a Kroger sack is. But imagine you have a bag, <coughs> and you come in. What a lot of people do is they, they have all these things and they come to prayer and they have all these worries. They come to the altar and they say, Lord, here's this, here's this. And, and they, they, they have these worries, they have these fears, they have these concerns, and they have these requests that they want from the Lord. And, and he, they, they put them up there on the altar and they show them to the Lord and they say, Amen. Then they take them and they put them back in the bag, take them with them, and go home with them. Yeah. When they didn't cast their care on the Lord, they just had show and tell with God. Oh. But you'll never get the answer if you're still worrying about it. And we have to always guard ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. If we're, if we're um, you know, it's just like you can't be in faith or something and be worrying about it at the same time. Lord, I'm believing you for a healing, but then I'm worrying about my situation. Lord, I'm believing you for finances, but then I'm worrying about it. And so he said, don't don't be anxious for anything, but in everything. So what are we going to do if we can't worry about it? I mean, a lot of people think, well, what am I going to do if I can't worry? <laughs> like we said, worry is like a rocking chair. It keeps you busy, but you don't go anywhere. Brother Hagin said when he was uh, uh, growing up, that that was the biggest thing he had a problem with, was worry. He said because his mother and grandmother w- were world champion warriors. And so, you know, people, even kids, they can they can pick that up and they learn how to worry. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and you know, a lot of people think, and I know it's this way in the, probably a lot of places, but in the South too, I know, you know, you grow up and it's like, people teach you, if you're a responsible person, you worry. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if, you, if you don't worry, you just don't care. You're a sorry rascal. You know, you just, you, you got to worry, you got you to you show some kind of worry. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, if you really practice this, you'll be an oddity. And people will think that you, they don't have enough sense to worry. Well, I do. It's called Bible sense. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when people talk about the mind and renewing the mind, there have been some believers that said, well, well, isn't that like Christian science? And one minister said, no, it's not Christian science, it's Christian sense. Yeah. And so just having some sense according to the word. That's right. That's right. Some people need a checkup from the neck up. Come on. Amen. Come on. And so look what he says here. Everything by prayer, definite request, the Amplified says, and supplication with thanksgiving. So what happens if I have uh, an absence of peace? What if I don't have peace? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to cast that upon the Lord. First Peter 5, 7 says, casting all of your care upon the Lord. For he cares for you. Know that God cares for you. And that he doesn't want me to carry this. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say, Lord, I cast all these cares upon you. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fret. And then you make your supplication. Um, The word supplication just means entreaty. Heartfelt request. It says, with thanksgiving... Let your request be made known unto God. So, what does that mean? Why the thanksgiving? Because the Lord's going to take care of it, and I don't have to carry it anymore. The Lord's going to take it. He's going to. He's Lord. I just thank you right now that I've cast that care on you. Yes. And Lord, you're working it out. I don't know how to do it, but you're giving us wisdom. You're giving us direction, and we thank you for it. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank we count it done in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. And and that's. That's practicing that verse. Let your request be made known unto God. And notice here and the peace of God. Oh, come on. How do we get peace? By practicing verse 6. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What's going what's to keep you steady? The peace of God. What's going to keep you not pulling your hair out after you've prayed? The peace of God. What other translations say, it, it mount, it's like a garrison. It, it's a mount, mount guard over your heart and your mind. Then he says this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely... Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, it's like a checklist. This is a checklist God gives to us to what we think about. So like when you fly an airplane, I've I've never piloted, but you know, you, you have a checklist. You go through and you go through all the systems and you go through all the this, 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 and this. Well, God gives us a checklist. You know what if something comes to the door and you look and and you and you see and you look through the the little um viewfinder and you look and you say something, something's knocking on the door, and you look through and you think, "Oh, that's an ugly thought. <laughs> what do you do? You don't let it in nope. you don't think it. He says whatsoever things are true, honest." So there can be some things that are true, but it's not lovely and it's not a good report. Yeah. Especially when it's dealing with other, pe- other people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I know they said not to say anything, but... um, Or, you know, people say, you know, I don't mean to be... Usually when people preface it like that, they mean that they're about to be that thing they said they're not... I don't mean to be. <laughs> well, you know, I don't mean to be mean about it, but... Well, that means you're about to be a junkyard dog. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to be impatient, but um, I got somewhere to be. You know, I don't mean to be rude about it, but well, that means you're about to be uncouth, rude, uncouth, and socially unacceptable. Amen. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> all these things are a checklist. What sort of things are pure. If it's lovely, if it's a good report, think on these things and then he says in verse 9 those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do it Paul said in another place he says follow me as I follow Christ so we can follow the faith of others and we can follow others as they follow Christ the the biggest thing you can do is follow their faith Mm -hmm. and so The way we get peace is by acting on the Word. Not just someone, someone can lay hands on you until you lose every hair on your head. You know, if someone can lay hands on you until, you know, the cows come home. But that's not going to give you peace. You know, that peace might be forgiving somebody. That peace might be... um, Just, you know, repenting for not obeying the Lord. And so the only peace that we can have comes from him, it comes from his presence. But I look at um, verse 6. If you want peace, verse 6, if you do verse 6, you'll get verse 7. But if you want to keep the peace, you have to do verse 8. So, I mean, know it's one thing to get peace, but it's another thing to keep it. So, I believe that peace is, is, is such a stabilizing factor. I know it's the, it's the strength of my life. It's the strength of a believer's life, a peace. And let me say this. If you, if you ever lose peace, you better find out why fast and make the adjustments. Why? Because that peace is the umpire. And that peace is actually part of the voice of our spirit. Mm -hmm. So if there's an uneasiness, it could be something that we we made a a wrong turn somewhere. And so we had to get back on. We have to, you know, like if a train was to to go on that little separate track and they, they, you know, they had to back up. I don't know what they call that, but, you know, the side of the spur, you know, they, they, have, to, they have to back up and get back and go the right way. Same thing, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing to know that you're wrong. It's a bad thing to stay wrong. Yeah. And so, the peace of God, who could use some peace? Amen. Well, you know, we're not going to pray for you. <laughs> no we just have to act on God's word and so anytime in life anytime we, we come to a place where things are in ter- turmoil come back to this come back to the place where where Lord I've been fretting about this and you know a lot of times what people do is they, they blame the circumstance or they blame other people mm-hmm. when it's our fault why? Because I didn't let the peace of God rule. Because I didn't let that that overcoming peace that Jesus said he would give me. I let other things. I let other people. I let situations come in, and then I I don't have that peace. And And when you don't have that peace with the Lord and with your own heart, you'll never have peace with other people. But when you have that peace... You'll have peace with everyone else. You know, it's just something about when you have peace in your heart. I mean, the birds, you know, the, the songs are 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 more beautiful. The grass is greener. Everything just works better. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, never never um, take peace for granted. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands, yes, Lord. Father. We just thank you tonight. Lord, even as we've shared the word, Lord, uh, about peace and, Lord, we just thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. Lord, many times we're in a place where, Lord, we don't, we don't understand, Lord, the, the circumstances, but we can pray, we can trust you, we can worship you, we can magnify you. We just bless you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just worship you. We honor you. We glorify you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you overcome the world. Lord, you give us that same peace. Lord, that we don't have to fret. And Lord, we refuse to fret. We refuse to be anxious. We refuse to to worry about the, the problems because the greater one lives within us. And we thank you, Lord, we have your peace. Thank you, Lord, that that peace can grow like any other fruit of the Spirit. Love can grow, joy can grow peace can grow. And we thank you, Lord, that even in the days to come, Lord, let that peace be a witness to others. Let that peace be a, a sign. Lord, let that peace, even other believers, that when they see it, they'll know, I need to come up higher. I need to, I need to have some, some peace like that. Lord, we thank you for it. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to look at the things that come against me and say peace.